we don't have real jersey numbers. We do have some bad jokes and hockey analysis. From the minds of Andrew Weiss and Chad Schnarr, this is Training Camp Numbers, a Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. Welcome back to Training Camp Numbers. It is the end of the regular season, the beginning of the postseason, and the middle of Training Camp Numbers season. There's not really a name for it. It's just podcasting. Andrew Weiss alongside Chad Schnarr. Chad, are you ready? Are you excited? It's the postseason. It's time for the second season of the year to finally begin. In the immortal words of Borat, I am excited. It's a quality quote. It's a quality yeah. quote, Chad. Proud. Yeah. I'm a little nervous, too. but I mean, who isn't? And it's not even watching the lightning it's playoff hockey um there's really nothing else like playoff hockey in sports i'm not saying that as a you know please like my sport comment it's mostly just i watch all sports i enjoy all sports hockey obviously Mm -hmm. being my favorite but playoff hockey you know i've already accepted the fact that i've lost at least a dozen years off my heart because of playoff hockey oh no question and then you throw overtime playoff hockey on top of it and then you throw game seven on top of it. And then you throw game seven over time on top of that. And yeah, it's, uh, and sometimes you're not even, I don't really care who wins, but I'm just nervous. Um, like watching Monday night when uh, Texas Tech and uh, Virginia go to overtime, like, yeah, the intensity level there was probably about a four. And in hockey for game three, the overtime, the intensity level is like a nine. You just – there's nothing, nothing like it. So my my favorite tweet about playoff hockey, the thing that perfectly encapsulates what playoff hockey is really all about, and I'm going to butcher his name. It's either John Boys or John Bois. I legitimately don't know, and I sincerely doubt he's listening, but if he is, then sorry. Uh, I know he used to be a contributor for uh, Sports Illustrated, Sports Nation. He was he was a – he's a, you know, relatively – he has a blue check mark. I don't know. He has a blue check mark. That's all you need oh. to know. Anyway, oh. some of us don't have that privilege. Anyway, he tweeted out. I thought it was hilarious. That This was back in 2014. And I come back to it every year. He said, why watch overtime playoff hockey when you can simply snort cocaine and ride a motorcycle out of a helicopter? <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I retweeted oh. at, at the beginning of every single playoff because it's true. It's it's. It really <laughs> you, you're not going to replicate that kind of adrenaline, even as a fan, like even as a media member. You know, I can't imagine what the players go through. And no one believes you when you're like, no, no, hockey overtime or, yeah, hockey playoffs is by far more intense than the NBA. And they're like, whatever. And then they actually watch and they're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. By the way, he was with SB Nation. I had to look it up. I completely, I knew it was uh, something with an S. I can't that's, remember. That's disappointing. <laughs> I knew it was something. Um, but he's been all over. He did video stuff with him. He actually did some really interesting video stuff. Um, and ironically enough, at Northwestern here at Medill, one of my professors used one of his videos as a class example. Um, wow. So it's not like he's, you know, some random, you know, Joe Schmo. That said, a uh, professor last week of mine also used a Tom Jones article as an example. So, oh, Gosh. Shows you how far that goes, you know. What? Um, I was Seriously? stunned. No one else in the class knew who that was, obviously, but it was it's a it's a class on uh, sports commentary, which is you know that's that's what Tom Jones does. But he was like using the example of an article from Tom Jones, like this is what a you know good 
you know, you know, commentary article, you know, opinion looks like. And I was like, I'm dropping the class. I was like, he's, he's, he's right in that this is, you know, an opinionated commentary and that's what we want to do. That said, Tom Jones is, is, I was not a big fan of his work in Tampa. Personally. Oh my gosh. I got into a, and I'm going to put that lightly. <laughs> I got into a, what do you call it? A digital spat. I don't know. It was, bef- it was before Twitter even existed. And we changed we, virtual fisticuffs. Yes. It was on the old St. Pete Times message board. <laughs> and yeah, that's like where we kind of got our start at Bolt Prospects. Um, just like doing updates there. And we thought, hey, why don't we do our own site? Um, but, and that was before we moved to the Sunshine Network message board. But anyway, um, he had an article about the Lightning being so bad. They're like a beat up car. And the center, uh, and it could have been Paul Isabart, is like the carburetor that won't do such and such. And it was the stupidest article, and it was really just making fun of them the whole time. So I made some comment about, like, this is completely unnecessary and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he jumps on there, and he comes after me, and I go back after him. And we ended up, like, quote, unquote, making up, and he – we like rode each other when he was in Minnesota or whatever, but still I hate that whole thing of um, put an outlandish opinion out there just to get clicks and discussion. Oh, that's and all you, it was. That's all yeah, it was. And you know, you, they don't believe it. They're just really wanting to try. So it's like the Stephen A. Smith of, I was about to say that you're, you're taking yeah. my analysis, Chad. We've known each other for now. We've done what, what, I don't even remember what episode this is. What is this? Probably episode seven, six, seven, something six like that. Seven. Gosh, I have to actually look that up. That's really disappointing. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go seven. Brett Clark, seven. Uh, Matthew Joseph, seven. I don't know why I went with Brett Clark, but um, Clark. Yeah, it is episode seven. Look at me. Rob Zaminer. You got to go, Rob Zaminer for seven. I I I have a comment on that, but I'm not going to say it because I'm going to make you feel bad if I do. So um, just he, understand it's age related. I wasn't born when he was playing. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Probably. I probably. I don't think I was in Tampa when he was playing. Um. So, all right. Big yes. anyway. Anywho, um, so there's all that playoff madness as we ended up delving into all the way down into Tom Jones articles. Um, I was just never a big fan of the. Yeah, I agree with you. The whole, you know, yell into the the empty wilderness of the internet and the newspaper and see what comes of it. It's like, all right, we get it. Congrats. So, anywho, uh, I did want to get into very briefly. We were talking during the week. Uh, and I don't know how it came up, but Dr. Seuss came up. And uh, Chad, I've got to know, what are your thoughts on Dr. Seuss? I, I promise for you folks at home, this is not a random <laughs> – it is a random thing, but it is not a completely random thing. There's a reason I have for it. But Chad, what are your thoughts? Do you like Dr. Seuss? No, I don't like Dr. Seuss. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to look at them in a train, on a boat, on a car, whatever else. I don't want to look at those books. I won't read them to my children. Um, none of them got – red hop on pop or cat in the hat or anything like that. I just, I don't want to look at them. They're, they're not humans. I don't know what they are. I'm trying really hard to just keep it together right now. The reason it came up, by the way, for you folks at home, it is a lightning related um, start to it. Uh, I have my, my videos that I do, my YC Sports breakdown, and I captioned one of them in the style of a Dr. Seuss thing. And I was talking about it with Chad and that came up. That was just like, I don't like Dr. Seuss. I was like, all right, well, I see how it is. Yeah, you you I, deprive your children of a of a beautiful child. I'm not I, depriving them. I'm saving them. 
you know, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, Chad. That's fine, but it is wrong. Right. I'm, I'm not gonna get into SpongeBob. I really hope you're a SpongeBob advocate, but we're not. Gonna... I just never really got into SpongeBob, but I like I told you on a direct message or whatever it was. Dr. Seuss, the Oompa Loompas, clowns, mimes. I don't know what those things are. I don't want any part of them. I don't want to look at them, hear them, see them, anything. It's funny you say that because you're currently doing a podcast with a clown. What? You can't tell by just do like the badum tiss in my room. Um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm just self-deprecating humor here. Okay. I mean, come on, like have you, you seen my videos? Oh, yeah, I'm well, secretly yeah, but... a clown. <laughs> yes, and I, I, uh, I work then what, what is the phrase I'm, you, you night night something night night light nope i night um i can't think of the word oh my god i'm actually moonlighting like, moonlighting yeah that's the one i'm moonlighting as a clown to pay for you know no school. no don't even talk about it <laughs> have you ever known a clown uh i mean Seriously. lightning had barry melrose for 16 games does that mm-hmm. count but um sh- um, yeah, so I've got plenty of clown jokes, man. I don't want to get into, okay. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but out of college, <laughs> we I do think, every, every, episode. Right. <laughs> okay, we're going to get this done in 45 minutes. Okay. So one time, yeah. So I worked as a actor for a while and the, uh, there was one of the guys who lived out of his car and he was a clown and would do birthday parties. Dude never took a shower. So what you put white makeup on over your gunky face and then children are supposed to go sit on your lap. Why? Just because you have a white face and a big nose. It's so stupid. I don't. Yeah. What are your thoughts on gritty, Chad? Would you and gritty get along? I actually don't mind gritty. I don't want to be near him, her, it, whatever it is. But yeah, I don't want to talk about mascots or clowns anymore. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Today was the NHL draft lottery, and it was a little bit wild. Um, not because of the Minnesota Wild, who are just kind of just existing at this point more than anything else, uh, but because a lot of teams moved up, and shocker, shocker, it's Taylor Hall's Devils winning the draft lottery, as it, they seem to—Taylor Hall is just the king of draft lotteries. He did it in Edmonton. He did it. He's done it twice in New Jersey— um, when he's not, when he's not winning the MVP in New Jersey, he's winning them the draft lottery. So that's just like insane. But then the two teams after that Rangers are picking second and the Blackhawks are picking third. Um, look, I'm not one for conspiracy theories uh-huh. and I know, I know it's a, just a coincidence, but boy, howdy, is it a big coincidence that, uh, the devil's technically count as the New York market. So two, yep. two of the three biggest markets in the NHL happened to get a top three pick. And I love the fact that LA was bumped from four to five because then they can point to that and go, oh yeah, see, we didn't take LA. That's the second biggest market. So clearly not a conspiracy. The, LA was the scapegoat. They're the fall guy. So that's what they get for signing Kovalchuk. It's the NHL's way of getting them back. Nice. It's the old, uh, well, I can't. I guess you can't blame the frozen envelope. So. Do you know that story, or are you too young for that, too? I, I do know the frozen envelope story, and the reason I know okay. that is because I read uh, Sean Mac- Down Goes Brown, History of the NHL. Quality book. You can buy it on Amazon. I'm not getting paid to say that. I just enjoy the book. So, oh, okay. But, yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting reaction to that. So the Rangers will get one of Jack Hughes or Capo Caco, or however you say yeah, his name. It's going to be Hughes. The Rangers are going to get Hughes? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Devils. Oh, I was going to say. I'm so sorry. I do want to briefly point out for our Florida listeners, 
our wonderful young Floridian Jack Hughes will likely go first overall. Now, he didn't really play in Florida, um, but he was born in Florida, and I'm taking it. That counts. It, it does count. He's born in Orlando. I'm, I don't <laughs> – fight me on anything else. I'm going to actually look it up and see if he played for any Florida teams. No, he did not. He went to Canada for, for everything. Um, yeah, he played in like – Minor was this minor junior Canadians and then the U.S. national team development program. Oh man, no Florida. That's okay. Well, we can. He's still Floridian. We can, we can still use the Leaf fan thing later on. Of a, well, he just wants to come home to Florida. Oh, I plan on doing that. I do the same thing with Austin Matthews. Even even yeah. though you know you got a deal, like <laughs> he's gonna go to the Coyotes eventually. Oh man. So that was a draft lottery. Uh. My reaction when I saw the Blackhawks logo not appearing on my screen when it was supposed to be their selection was not great. <laughs> they they were ju- okay. They were just in the Stanley Cup in 2015. Sure, they missed the playoffs this year and last year, but it's not like they're the worst team in the league. They don't need that. They still have Kane and Taves. They got DeBrinket for some reason. People passed on him, and I I'm including over it, man. Tampa. I'm over it. Yeah. You know, I was looking at that the other day. They passed on him, but who did they take? I'm, I'm sure I remember who it was. Was that the Mitchell Stevens draft? Oh, man. I I remember I looking at this the other day because I was reading an article about how Debrinket, um, the Blackhawks were worried about a few teams taking Debrinket, one of them being Tampa, shocker, the Lightning taking a, uh, a – An undersized skill player. Undersized, yeah. So Debrinket – where is Debrinket? I know you're around here somewhere, you you rascal. Was it not 2014? Am I just not smart? I am. I am. I don't know. I don't. I can't keep track of. I just looked this up. I am. See, this is why you can't trust me to do anything because I just can't get it right. Anyway. Anyway. So all draft lottery garbage aside, obviously it doesn't impact lightning as of now. I'm a little bit saddened on behalf of the avalanche just because. Me too. They've been getting the shaft a lot <laughs> when it comes to these draft lotteries. Um, also, by the way, the Alex Debrinket draft year was 2016. The Lightning took uh, Hayek, Libor Hayek. Oh, Libor Hayek. Yeah. Hayek, yeah, and uh, Brett Howden. Okay. Both of whom are no longer with the team. It was the Wrong. McDonough. It was the McDonough draft. You can look at it as the McDonough draft. Nice. Um, but yeah, so Colorado, you have to remember. They were the worst team in the league back in, what, 2015, 2016? I don't remember. All I remember is they were very recently one of the worst teams in the history of the NHL. They had, like, what, 50 points, something terrible. Yeah. And they ended up falling from first to fourth that year in the draft lottery, the team that easily needed it the most. And now this year, when they finally, like, make a really smart move, they get the pick from the Senators, you know, should be top three. It falls to four again. So that's twice in the last, what, three, four years where they have had the best odds for the top pick, and they fall right. in the fourth. Not even two or three. They, they did get McKinnon in there in the middle, though. Right. Then the Druin year, but the Druin yeah, year. Yeah, I love the I love the Abs uh, or the old Nordiques, the ex Nordiques. I was really hoping they would have um, McKinnon and Hughes down the middle, um, kind of reminiscent of the old Sackick Forsberg down the middle. But those have to remain with Tyson Jost, who I think he's up to 130 pounds now. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, for the record, that season I was referencing for Colorado, uh, the McKinnon draft was that was 2013. Obviously, the Druin draft. Oh, 
Um, but the terrible year for the Avalanche was back in 2016, 2017. They went 22, 56 and four. They had 48 points. They had oh a goal gosh. differential of negative 100 and what is it, 112. You thought 103 is good for the Lightning this year? They were negative 112. That was one of, if not the worst team in the history. So of, who went number one that NHL. year? Easily the worst at Sally Cap era. That was the Nico Heischer draft. So it wasn't like it was oh, a major, okay. you know, yeah. like game-changing player. But New Jersey won the top pick that year with 8.5% of the chance. They were the fifth worst team. Thank Philly, yeah, Philly got the second pick, and they were WHL right in the Lightning. They were they had a 2.4% chance of getting the second pick. The Lightning had a 2% chance. So they were like neck and neck. That's the Cal foot draft for you, those of you at home. Um, and then Dallas ended up getting the third pick and taking uh, Miro Heiskanen, who looks really, really good this year. Yeah, he's good. Um, and Nolan Patrick and Nico Heischer both look like fine young players. I think Heischer looks a little bit better. Uh, that was the year where Hei- uh, Miro Heiskanen went third. Kale McCarr went fourth. He oh, looks like one of the best okay. defensive prospects Yeah, he's while. a finalist for the Hobie Baker this year. He is. Uh, jump that right that was an avalanche pick. So ironically, in, in all fairness, they, they might have done better with Kale McCarr. I don't know. That's time will tell. Uh, but the fifth pick that year, a glorious young rookie this year from Sweden, Elias Pettersson. Yeah. Wow. You think they want to do that over? Yeah. I mean, probably not Justin bad at all, but um, who's the kid in Philly? Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Sorry, you just said that. Yeah. No, yeah. Still it's, it's, for, there's around. a reason you're, you, you forgot who it was. I mean, let's be honest here. He's been fine. And he's Still young. It's not like we're, you know, we count him out already, right. but it's and not, you know, if you look at the top two picks, yeah, if you look at the top two picks of all the last recent years, like look at the McDavid draft. It was McDavid Eichel. That's insane. Yeah. And then, you know, so a little bit lower on the scale for uh, Heischer and Patrick, both still good young players. And we'll see where that goes, but that's besides the point. Anyway, so that's draft lottery madness. That's a little bit of uh, talking about how that's going to go. Obviously, it does not impact the lightning here's something that did come up about tampa recently uh and that was a little bit of a uh online squabble between the state of oregon and i guess portland itself and tampa which is a bit wild (laughs) yeah who would have predicted that would happen so for those of you at home um a Portland columnist following the W or following the women's basketball final four complained about Amelie arena and how outdated and bad it was for basketball complained about the concourses and getting into the arena and all kinds of stuff. Just dude, what? Yeah. He went on a, a huge Twitter complaining session about Amelie arena, which has been voted on in recent years as one of the best venues in North America. So like, okay, congrats, bud. You've got our attention. Now, in all fairness, you know, um, I've reached out to a few people I know from uh, the Oregon area, especially in Portland. Um, and I've also looked at a lot of the replies from people who are from Oregon. And apparently he's like, I guess he's their Tom Jones, but he's like one of those. Okay. He's, he's a little like controversial. And from what I get, uh, Portland does not claim him. So that's fine. But this is the tweet. It was from John Canzano of the Oregonian. Uh, he does radio in Oregon. He's a, you know, he, he does stuff in Oregon and Oregon was in the final four for the women's uh, final four, which by the way, I went to and it was fantastic. It was incredible. Uh, all three games. Uh, but this was his tweet. 
Portland, if you want a Final Four, go get it now. This event is being held in an outdated NHL building, not even as nice as Memorial Coliseum at Moda Center. That's the, the facility in, in Portland. You'd be a massive upgrade. Disappointed that the NCAA didn't put an important women's event in a nice venue. It's a half-assed effort by the NCAA. Fans had a difficult time getting in the building. It's outdated, and the concourse is embarrassing. This isn't a nice basketball arena. The teams playing in the Final Four deserved better. Okay, tell us how you really feel, John. Jeez, someone's a spoiled little baby. Seriously, how can you Gosh, how can you like sound less snobby? What? Okay, so what do you want? Because if you think that's bad, like there's basically I don't know Taj Mahal or whatever uh, is the only thing that's going to satisfy this guy. I mean, this oh, is he the also guy. called it a barn. He said it's a nice city, yeah. really nice, but this is a barn. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is this is a guy that clearly doesn't have a frame of reference because he has never been in another NHL stadium. Clearly. You don't think that Jeff Vinnick has some associates in the Portland area that could um, pay this fella a visit after <laughs> all this? Uh, I don't know about that one. Maybe we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I don't get. I feel like Jeff Vinnick would like convince this guy to invest in Tampa after like a five minute uh, conversation. Yeah. That, that's the vibe. Like, yeah. So, so you're saying such, our owner's a not a mafia. environment. Like when I went to the Final Four, I went to it. It was great, and I'll be completely honest and upfront. As I try to be, I don't. I'm always successful. I lie plenty, but um, I'll be completely honest. I was not sure what to expect. I have not been to many women's basketball games in my life. Quinnipiac has an incredible women's basketball program. I've gone to a few of those games, and it was fine. I wasn't really expecting to be overly entertained. I thought it'd be like fun. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. First off, Emily was a great atmosphere. So you know what, John, you can take your complaints and you can go home. Second off, those games were awesome, and those athletes were awesome, and they were balling. Like they were. I'm not a big basketball guy. I watched you know March Madness. I watched Duke. I'm a big Duke guy. Um, but that was so much fun. That's easily one of the top five sports experiences I've had in person. And so if you really go to you know, that that final four and you really leave complaining, especially about an arena that is one of the best in the nation and also just had a beautiful and incredible atmosphere during every single game. You might want to look in the mirror because it might not be the arena that need, has a few issues. Yeah, preach it. Take that for data. Mm-hmm. Still my favorite quote. Um, is there anything else you want to add on that before we move on or is my no. my, mini, my my constant ranting good enough for you? <laughs> no, I hope he uh, cries himself to sleep at night with a sad life. I hope he anyway. has a miserable hair day. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, he might have been bald. I don't remember. I, I, didn't, I didn't look at his picture. Yeah, he is bald. My bad, John. Um, I don't feel bad, but my bad. Uh, so let's move on to something that's even more embarrassing for Tampa. Uh, the, what was it? The identity Tampa Bay, whatever it's called, um, released a music video that they claimed should be the playoff theme song for the lightning this year. Um, I'm not going to link to it any, I already did on my Twitter, but I'm not going to link to anywhere else. I'm just going to say this. It was bad. It was really bad. It was like some cheesy Zamboni themed song. And if you've seen it already, I'm sorry. If you haven't seen it already, don't bother looking it up. It is, it it should it should be on like all of the like top five cringe lists. It'll be on there. It's oh my god. Yeah, uh, I was forced to watch that earlier this morning today. 
um, <laughs> by me, <laughs> by someone. Yes. And it's, I was like, Chad, watch uh, this and see how long you can make it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to turn it off in five seconds, but lasted, I don't know, a couple minutes. Which it's I'm proud like, of. I lasted like 29 seconds. The whole idea, and this is, okay, I'm going to not get on a soapbox, but this is what bothers me about the lightnings, uh, not the lightnings, but the, the Fox Sun, whatever they're called now, um, the Sunshine Sun Network. Sun Sports. Yes, on sports, their whole um, presentation of that, hey, this is a great sport, don't you think? And tell us, what is it like to put on that jersey? Like, this is as as deep as we're going to get. And the same thing with this video is the the whole poll is this, this truck thing is called a Zamboni. Let's sing a song about it. No. No, why can't we be an established market where we have analysis and not, hey, let's make fun of a funny word that I didn't know until right now because my head was buried in the sand. Um, and it, it really bothers me. And, and to build off that, I remember reading, like I said, this is predates me, but I remember reading about how, you know, early on when the Lightning were first in Tampa, they had, you know, stuff during you know, uh, TV timeouts and, and intermission, stuff like that to like help explain to fans what hockey things were. And that's fine. Cause at the time it was a brand new market. This is past year 25. This is yes. clearly an established hockey market. When I was in Tampa for the final four, I talked to people that I knew that were visiting that hadn't been in Tampa before. I talked to strangers all about the lightning and their thoughts on, on Tampa, stuff like that, just because I wanted to canvas opinions on, visitors and what they thought and so many people pointed out like oh my god i can't believe how much you know this city loves hockey i see the banners everywhere and people are wearing the shirts and everything like that you know i i didn't know that they like sports as much all i ever see is like uh, you know raise attendance and and you know the bucks are bad and all this stuff i didn't think that people actually cared about the lighting i was like yeah and they're like oh well there's no ice in tampa how do people like it i'm like well a few reasons for one you know one big one obviously being that they're good it helps of course but people have been around this team, with, with Jeff Vinnick in place in this decade, the respect for this team has grown significantly enough to where now, even if they had a bad season or two, which they did when they missed the playoffs back in, what was that, 2016, 2017? Because um, they drafted Cal, Cal Foot in the 2016-2017 draft. Um, am I wrong? No. No, I'm not. Uh, okay. 17-18 yeah, was last year. Yeah, okay. So that that was that. Um even that year, they had great attendance, and they missed the play. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, so that was, that was why. But this town, this city cares about hockey, and they know it. And there's a tweet from the other day. Uh, I don't remember who they were playing, but there was a, a uh, reporter that tweeted out uh, sitting in Emily Arena, and someone in the upper deck, uh, instead of screaming out, shoot, they screamed, come on, wh- where's the forecheck? That's an improvement. And I was like, wow, that's actually really incredible because usually from the dumb fans, which no offense to people, but the dumb fans are the ones yelling, shoot, 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 whenever there's no shooting lane. And that kills me because like, all right, come on, guys, let's have a little respect. We know we know better than that. But someone yelling, where's the forecheck? Like, that's that's a smart thing to yell if there's no forecheck. And yeah. so it's, this, this isn't a dumb hockey city. They Tampa knows it's hockey. Tampa right. knows it's hockey. And now there's still people who need work fine that's every city that's people who are getting into hockey you don't need to explain what a zamboni is in a song you don't need to 
you know, like you said, I'm I'm gonna get off the soapbox, but you don't need to explain hockey to people anymore. No, and I got into an arg not an argument, but I tweeted something not too long ago Verbal, about or, or virtual fisticuffs round two. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, about Andrew Chuck doing the this is offside, this is icing or whatever he does on the learn the game, and I said, aren't we beyond this? And uh, I got attacked. Half of them were like, yeah, I agree. And half of them were like, no, we need to continue to grow the game. I get that. But the perception is that we still don't know. And it's still somewhat of a gimmick. And that bothers me. Now, if Paul Kennedy wants to do his, here's a restricted free agent. And here's what an unrestricted free agent is. And here's what a qualifying offer is and things like that. That's fine because that helps you know, that foundational knowledge and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, on we should, we should be past game. offsides by now. We should be past icing yes. by now. Yes. Um, also, I, I know you, you mentioned this. I don't remember if it was on air in one of these podcasts or when it was just us talking. <laughs> I noticed it after you mentioned it to me. Paul Kennedy says bolts like it's his job. I know. He and you also... pointed it out to me. And so I was kind of like paying attention to it, but all he says is bolts. Yeah. If there's a – who is it? Joe Beninati, I think his name is, that does play-by-play -play for the Washington Capitals and used to do it for ESPN. And he won't call the puck the puck, and he won't call a stick a stick. It's a twig or it's a, a disc or a biscuit, and he's trying to be poetic and creative. And I think that's what PK is trying to do. And from all accounts, he's a fantastic guy. Oh, he's um, great. I, don't, I love Paul Kennedy. This is not a yeah, criticism of Paul Kennedy. No, no. Um, Style-wise, I like uh, something a little bit different. But, yeah, it's that, the, the whole bolts in here at Amelie. I, I can't – I still can't yeah, he says get Amelie around. Too. Yes, <laughs> he's really trying to push that instead of just Amelie Arena. But I understand it's like 50-50 on what people are actually calling it. But, yeah, anyway, I mean, this tells you how good the Lightning are this year because <laughs> this is my biggest complaint all year is <laughs> – commercials on Fox sports and uh, yeah, that's basically what I've complained about this year. <laughs> that's right, it. Well, let's, let's complain about one more thing because okay. we're full of bile and we love to rant. Um, so this, there's an article that came out recently from uh, raw charge, which is the was it SB nation uh, affiliate for the lightning. Uh, and it's from, and, and it's, Interesting because it's from, um, you know, I read Raw Charge every now and then. It's it's you know it's a good outlet every now and then to read. I don't know why I keep saying every now and then, but I am. Uh, I'm I'm vamping as I pull up the article so I can actually quote from it. That's why. But it's an article from at Loser Points about why Kucherov will win the Hart Trophy, but he probably shouldn't. And I th I saw that and I was like interesting. I, I gave it a read. I think it's dumb for someone to comment on an article with a headline and not read it, at least give it a fair shake. And, uh, and it, it makes some valid points, but I still disagree with it. And so here's, here's the, the gist of the article, which like I said, if, if you want to get the full, you know, your full formed opinion on it, obviously give it a read for yourself. That's only fair. Um, and he pointed, he pointed out in the article, Kucherov's having the best scoring season in recent history. Um, but if we use stats, then maybe he's not the best player in the league. And so he used uh, war, war as as his um, as his hill to die on 
of why Kucherov should not be the Hart Trophy candidate because his war is only uh, 3.2, which is 16th in the NHL. So he says, by points or by war, he's one of the best players in the league, but that's not the precise enough for Hart Trophy voting. For that, we need to know who is the best, and in points he is, in war he isn't. Um, and he says, war is a better statistic for a holistic player evaluation than points, which I'm not going to necessarily argue with per se, but when you get up to 128 points, you don't just fall into that. I think you have to acknowledge the fact that he did a lot for that. Um, and, and he made some good points. He said, you know, a lot of it has to do with his teammates. If he makes the exact same plays when he's on the Oilers, when he's on, uh, you know, the Kings, is, does he put up the same amount of points? Probably not. Um, and I completely agree with that. I get that. Um, but his whole argument was you can't use one stat without context and you can't use points because that's, you know, without context. And then he goes on to use war without context from other statistics. And you put out a great uh, picture the other day that had all these other statistics that he leads the league in. And it's more than war. And it's analytic-wise. It's more than war. And so to me, I don't understand why you'd pick and choose that one specific statistic when he's first in assists, adjusted assists, assists per game, goals created, adjusted goals created, goals created per game. Offensive point shares, points, adjusted points, points per game, point shares, total goals on ice for. The list goes on and on. That's just me reading off the picture that you sent out, by the way, Chad. Um, but there's there's significantly more analytical-based stats that he leads the league in. And just because he's 16th in war, how much of that has to do with him being on a really good team and how much of that has to do with you know one statistic showing that he's a good player but all these other ones showing that he's the best this season? Yeah, so I read that tonight too, and I I respect loser points. I follow him. I think he's got some great. Oh yeah, he makes some great points. This is not a, like yeah, this. it's not just absolutely. Some points. I think he's playing devil's advocate, and I completely get why. But I, you know, right, I have right, to, right. I have to make my point too. And like we mentioned earlier, sometimes you put out something to get people talking, and it worked. And I clicked. I read. So uh, I do think there was a bit of cherry picking going on. And I think if you're going to cherry pick that one, then so he would have voted for Mark Stone. And who's the other one? Um, I can't remember. Uh, but someone who's going to be up there. Um, and the argument, like you had mentioned earlier, he used the sends. You're like, OK, so if Kucherov, he's passing to Steven Stamkos or he's passing to Bobby Ryan. And he's going to get the assist with Stamkos. He's not. Okay. But how do you measure that um, across just, the board? Go just ahead. to briefly um, add it in, you mentioned Mark Stone. He said so his top two picks would be Mark Stone and Sidney Crosby. And if he could vote, if he was voting, and his third place vote would either go to Barkov or Braden Point. Okay. So that's See, just to I, add the context of, of what you're saying. Right. Now, this is not against him personally. I want to make that extremely clear. Um, but I think that you could look at Sidney Crosby and cherry pick some stats to say he shouldn't be it. And same with Stone. He shouldn't be it. But I think this is where the analytics community and the traditionalists um, kind of clash again. And this is the complaint from the traditionalists, which are which I'm a part of, but I really enjoy analytics and learning about all this other stuff. Um, but you still have to watch the games. And if you watch Tampa Bay, 
their entire offense, a record-setting offense this year, who is the catalyst bar none? It's not Hedman. It's not Stamkos. Who's the driver? It's Kucherov, right? And he's, yes, points are still going to be there. And I don't think we, I want to live in a world where we take points and throw it away just because he has good line mates. And Bob McKenzie made a great point about uh, you can't not vote for Kucherov because, well, he's got Stamkos and Hedman. Okay, well, and his thing was, okay, well, last year you said that McDavid shouldn't be in because he didn't have anyone around it. Now you're saying Kucherov shouldn't be in because he has too many people around him. So really, we want a bubble team that's got a few good players, and we'll pick the best player out of that one, and that's the guy who's going to win MVP. And that's just stupid. And I, I put out on Twitter this, I think it was today, actually, that if you are trying to find a reason that Nikita Kucherov should not win the MVP, he's already won. You just got bored of him being at the top of the list all year, and you heard about him all year long, and now you're trying to be a little bit different. No, he's already at the top of the list. He should stay there. Just because he's been there all year doesn't mean he shouldn't win it just because you got a little bored with it. I absolutely agree. Um, like you said, when you find out, when you're trying to find reasons why someone shouldn't win something, that means that they probably should. Um, and it's it's understandable you know, to use analytics. Absolutely, I'm all for using analytics. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm Absolutely. very big on using analytics, and I think that people are still a little bit behind on it in hockey. That said, I'm also very big on merging an analytical mindset with a traditionalist mindset of you know using the eye test, using the, the test of, of who they are as a person, because it's more than just statistics. It's, it's a mental game. And I can tell you from playing high school hockey, let alone the NHL, it's tough mentally on an individual, especially a goalie for myself, but in general, mentally, it's tough. And so someone's analytical, you know, someone's analytics might be fantastic, but what happens, you know, in one game, in one specific area, what, you know, what's their mental composure? What's the team like? So for example, the reason I, I say that is because I always go back to guys like Ryan Callahan and Brendan Morrow. People always make fun of, oh, you know, locker room presence. It's so overblown when you're looking at analytics because these guys were not great analytically. It's like, I get that completely, but when you're in that locker room and you see their personalities, which I got a chance to see when I worked with Lightning Radio for a month, and got like Brian Boyle especially, that's a guy that was not only a leader but also just a funny guy that you know helped lighten the mood in the locker room and help keep people focused and not freaking out. Because let's be honest, He's, if you're playing the Stanley Cup Final, part of you probably wants to freak out. Yep. So, you need the glue guys. They're called glue guys, and you got to have yeah. a few. Andre Waugh was that when the Lightning won the Cup. Yeah, and, and you look at this current team, and there's a lot of really talented players that are also kind of glue guys. Like, we give, you know, we give a lot of grief to some of these players points-wise, but, I mean, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of locker room scenarios that we don't get to see being an outsider that are important to this team's success. Yeah. And, and there's a quote I saw today that was like Anton Strauman mentioned how after the 2015 Cup final, the composure for Chicago compared to where the Lightning were was night and day because that's a team that had been there before and knew how to stay composed and knew how to you know get the job done. The Lightning, their, apparently their composure was not the same. Not that it was bad, but it wasn't the same. And now, you know, and that was part of an article saying like why the Lightning might be better to win this year 
you know, in, in compared to previous years because they've been all around the block a few times. But that's part of it is composure is not just, you know, being serious and stone-faced and focused, but also not freaking out and, and keeping a, an even keel and keeping your head on your shoulders and being grounded. And some of these guys can do that. I'm sure, you know, Louis Deming's goofiness, I'm sure that plays a part of it. Absolutely. And I know the analytics community does not want our uh, intangibles as a four-letter word with um, the likes of uh, Callahan and things like that. But And in the article specifically, it was doing a lot of comparison with baseball and that the baseball stats do this, and therefore hockey needs to catch up and do this. I disagree. I like the depth in which they go, but hockey as a team sport, the same with college basketball, not NBA, but college basketball and soccer, you have to have drivers and you have to have complementary players. And there's no way to measure um, emotion. And that's not very superficial, though it sounds like it. But the compete level that Callahan shows and Kucherov shows that lifts the other ones up, as well as the puck is going through Kucherov on the power play off the half wall or off the circle. The uh, Possession-wise, you're trying to get Kucherov to have it at least twice in the offensive zone so he can do the east-west pass and, and extend um, – uh, the time and space by creating a horizontal or by creating width in the offensive zone, like things like that, you cannot measure completely. So the argument about Bobby Ryan, I mean, does John Stockton not make the hall of fame for the Utah jazz because yeah, but he had Carl Malone and if he had Manute bowl, he wouldn't have, well, but he did. And maybe Stamkos is making Kucherov better, but maybe Kucherov is making Stamkos better. Are we allowed to do that? Because at one time it was Vinny LeCavier doesn't make his line mates better, but now we're saying, well, he's got good line mates. What? It just doesn't make sense. And I have, I have two points I want to build off that with, and we go down the rabbit hole on every topic, but that's just the podcast, so, right. which is fine. No, 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 I'm, I am not complaining about it. Um, the two points I want to make, the first one about Callahan – there's a reason, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they should trade Callahan at the deadline, get more cap space. There's a big yeah. reason why they're not going to do that. Well, first and foremost, that doesn't make any sense to do now. In the offseason, they might revisit that topic, I'm sure. But this is a guy that's very important in that locker room. When you see Ryan Callahan literally throwing his body with, rec- you know, reckless abandon, you know, all care and worry thrown to the wind in front of, you know, a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot from the point, you see that happening, you're on the bench. How can you go out next shift and go, yeah, I'm not going to try that hard. You can't, which is why Callahan was one of the best players in the Eastern Conference Finals last year for the Lightning. They didn't get a lot of scoring from their big guys, but Callahan was it was and that was with like half a shoulder. He was one of their best players. So, you know, I love analytics and I think that's a very big part of where hockey goes and I think it's going to get better and better as player tracking and puck tracking and all that moves forward. But we cannot abandon everything else for analytics. We have to be able to use both. So that's besides that point. The second point I want to make, um, and you mentioned it briefly with, you know, do you make your linemates better? Do you make your linemates better? This was a topic that I think I brought up before, but I want to reiterate because I was having this discussion with the fan when I was in Tampa this weekend. 
everyone on the team is part of the team. Everyone that plays is part of the game and makes an impact, whether it's positive or negative, on the final score. So when you go and tell me, oh, well, you know, the Lightning got outshot 40 to 20. They wouldn't have won without Vasilevsky. I couldn't care less about your point because they do have Vasilevsky. <laughs> you know, when when someone says, oh, you know, well, Lightning played a bad game, but Kucherov had four points. You know, they wouldn't have won that game without Kucherov. Well, they do have Kucherov. So, you know, they could – it's it doesn't matter that doesn't some games they rely on one guy or they rely on one line. You know, okay, well, oh, this game, you know, this the, the Gord – Kucherov uh, point line one game was like the big factor in how they beat was it the Senators how they beat the Senators you know without that line playing that well they wouldn't have won well that line did play that well so you know to me I don't understand especially the Vasilevsky thing that's always the biggest one because people say oh well they played terribly I don't know how they won you know they got lucky they didn't get lucky sometimes you're not going to play well and then on that point you're you're relying on your goaltender to steal you a win or to play well and get that win. And you know it's tough, and that's not a recipe for sustained success. But in those games, especially now that we're in the playoffs, which is kind of a, a look forward to the, the the preview of the playoffs, but now that they're in the playoffs, some games, you're going to get outworked. You're going to get outshot. You're going to get outplayed. But you might still win because of your goaltender. And that doesn't mean that you didn't deserve to win the game. The goalie is part of the team. So when a team wins because of a goalie, you can't just say, oh, well, without him, they would have lost because he is there. He is on the team. So it doesn't matter if without them, they would have lost. If they win the Stanley Cup and people are saying that, do you think that they can oh, you know what? We shouldn't have won the Cup. You know, we, we should return the Stanley Cup right now because we didn't deserve it. No, they're not going to do that. So there's my soapbox, like my eighth soapbox yeah. in this episode. But I, I hate when people do that. Every single player yeah. that plays makes an impact, whether it's positive or negative. You can't take that away. You're basically just complimented the GM. Yeah, well, and I've heard it from Lightning fan, Ning Nation, about, well, Montreal had Carey Price, otherwise we would have won. Yeah, but they do have Carey Price. Yeah, Montreal wouldn't have won the Cup without Patrick Waugh against the Kings with uh, against Barry Melrose. Yeah, but they did have Patrick Waugh. That's why you get star players. Yeah, it's just, it's stupid. Come on, guys. So building off that point, let's slide into uh, our picks for awards season. Um you know, we were just talking about Kucherov and the Hart Trophy and yada, yada, so forth. Uh, I talked about this briefly on my newsletter, but I know also that people are curious about awards now that the regular season's over. Um, so, Chad, I'm curious, what are your uh, thoughts on the award season, and would you like to make any predictions? Um, I just – I think we talked about it briefly, but uh, I do think the Lightning – I think Cooper has to win it. I saw an argument to uh, has to win the Adams. I saw an argument today that uh, yes, but uh, they were supposed to be one of the top two teams. Okay, so, so top two. All right, so they were right there with everyone else at the top. They weren't twenty points better than everyone else. Okay, so they were twenty points more than your expectation, just because the Islanders and you expected them to be worse were twenty points. Why did they get it? Um, and just, I think having, oh, and another point was that they have five elite players. Well, they had three elite players coming into the year and then Braden point went from good to great. And Vasilevsky went from great to elite. Um, and who do you think kept them going the whole time? And if you look at finishing that many points ahead of everyone else, a plus 100 and something goal differential, plus the number one power play, plus the number one PK in the salary cap era. 
I know we've hit this hard the last couple of weeks, but damn, wow. Like he, and I'm not a huge John Cooper fan, but this year I am because he has done almost everything right. So he's got to get that. Um, Kucherov's getting the heart. Uh, we talked about the Vezina and Vasilevsky. Um, ben Bishop basically split the season with Hudobin. I don't think he has enough games to really make him the favorite over Vasilevsky. So I think Vasilevsky is there. Uh, Giordano is probably going to win the Norris. Um, I don't care about Lady Bing or really the Selkie, but um, I think one day Anthony Sorelli is going to win the Selkie. So I'll say that about uh, the Selkie. But outside of that, I think it, it speaks to Steve Eiserman building the team where he could have within a two year period, the best goalie, the best defenseman, the top forward and the top coach. And he chose them all. I think that's pretty stinking impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, to be able to combine that in the salary cap era is a little bit absurd, to be honest with you. Um, I made my picks in my newsletter. Uh, sorry, I didn't make my picks in the newsletter. I made my predictions in the newsletter. I'll share those now. Um, my my, you know, self pat on the back, humble brag, advertisement aside. Uh, these are the ones that I think will win. I don't necessarily mean to be my pick if I had a vote, but this is my expectations for the wins. I think Kucherov takes the heart. There's no question there to me. Uh, Pedersen is going to get the Calder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Giordano's got to get the Norris. I just There's too much momentum in his favor voting-wise. I wouldn't mind seeing Hedman as a finalist. I think he finished the year extremely strong. He'll be a top five for sure, in my opinion. I could see Burns getting some love too, but Giordano's going to get it. Um, the Vezina, would you even would you put Hedman as the top defenseman on the team for this year? For the Lightning? Yeah, I would. Like, um, just because by a lot over not like by them, a lot or... not by a lot. Okay. Hedman in recent years has been the best by a wide margin. Yeah, this year he's still the best. But McDonough has been an incredible – this is what they wanted when they traded for McDonough. They wanted a 1A, 1B. They didn't want a yes. second-pairing guy. They wanted two guys that you could have on the ice for 50 minutes of 60 minutes of play. And that's what they have. They have Hedman out there and they have McDonough out there, which is why they've had one of the best goals against all year long. It helps when you have really good defense. You know, it's, you know it wasn't that long ago where we had a pairing of you know Schuster and Coburn that people oh my were gosh. worried about. So this is a massive upgrade. This is one of the reasons I think the Lightning have a good shot. I'm going to knock on wood. I don't want to curse or jinx anything. They have a good shot of doing it all this year because their defense has improved markedly. Um, but I still think Giordano's going to get the Norris. Um, yep. But I think Henry sure? will get some some nominees. McDonough, I'm not a big fan of plus minus. I really hate plus minus. But McDonough being that high up in plus minus as he is, you don't fall into that. That's impressive. But Giordano's there too, so... Um, Vezina Trophy, same argument that you made. Uh, Vazlovsky wins, in my opinion. Um, that's who I think will win. It's my my uh, prediction. Bishop will be a, a good close second, but it's got to be Vazlovsky this year. The Selk Trophy, it's going to be Bergeron again, and it's stupid because at this point it's just reputation. Um, I think there's yeah. been a lot of incredible defensive players this year. I think Mark Stone's in there. I think Sidney Crosby's had a really good defensive year. That's very yeah, underrated. Um, there's a lot of really good players. 
but she's going to go to Bergeron because people are like, oh, I don't know, Bergeron. And it's kind of annoying that that's the case because I don't think he's really earned it this year. He's still top three, top five, two-way player in the league. Don't get me wrong. But it's a reputation at this point. Uh, Lady Bing, I predicted Alex Barkov, Sasha Barkov, Alexander Barkov. Oh, good. I'm say it, because he drew like 20 or 30-something penalties and only took one or two as a top-line yeah. forward. And people are going to be like, oh, wow, good. that's good. I saw a great argument that said the lady being – okay, there's construction going on in the room next to me apparently. That's weird. It's <laughs> 9.30 at night on a Tuesday, but sure. Um, I saw a great argument that said the lady being trophy should be voted on by the NHL Ref Association because they're the ones who have to deal with you know, sportsmanship. Uh. I thought that was a great idea. don't think that will ever be the case, but I like the idea. Um, I like that too. My Jack Adams prediction, I, if I had a vote, I'd vote for Cooper, but I think Trotz is going to win just because that's how people are voting. It should be Cooper. It really should, but Trotz is going to win it. Let me say this about that, and I like Barry Trotz a lot. I rode an elevator with Barry Trotz once, so that's how much I – okay, true story, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> you're an expert. You're a Barry Trotz expert. <laughs> um, back to Bob McKenzie, whom I really respect. Uh, he said that – uh, first-year coaches, there was talk at one time about first-year coaches should be ineligible for the Adams because you're getting that bump right after uh, a bad situation. So there's really nowhere to go but up. If it was bad enough that you've lost your coach, then it probably is going to improve significantly if you do a few things right. And I really like that because you it's very rare that you don't see that bump right after, but what is it like the next year or the year after that? And uh, I like that part of it uh, a lot. Anyway, just wanted to, Oh, oh, oh one more thing. Uh, Cassidy in Boston. I saw a, cru- a quote from, was it? Uh, who's the guy with uh, Yahoo? I never get his name. Are you right. thinking Del- of Greg Wyshynski? Wish- yeah. Wish- He's with ESPN now. But oh, I know, is the, he? I know okay. the exact tweet you're thinking of, and yes. I love that tweet. Yeah, it would say Greg something Wyshynski about dropping the hammer. Yeah, I'm gonna find it. Says... I'll, I'll quote it for you. I'll find okay, it. Okay, good. All right, well, then I won't do the gist of it. But it's, it's beautiful. It was just, it was glorious. I like, I saw that and I was like, this is a quality tweet. And this is, this is what I, this is, this is why I signed up for Twitter.com was this tweet right here. Yeah. Once in a while, tweets will come around like that, that you're like, oh, this is why I endure the stupidity of not my followers, but, you know, other people's followers just to get little gems like that from time to time. And especially against Boston fans. I passed, I found it. So he, he goes, no, no, I hear you, Boston fans. The Herculean task of coaching your team to fewer points than last season is much more impressive than John Cooper coaching his team to within a hair of the highest point total in NHL history. Just drop the hammer. Just take the hammer <laughs> and throw it off the cliff. Oh, man. I that's love so that. That's quality. Um, that's, just, that's just great. Uh, to finish, finish off my, my predictions – I think Kutrov's going to get the Ted Lindsay Award, best player as voted on by the players. And Jim of the Year, I think uh, bad Brad, wow, bad, Brad uh, Trevling, 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 whatever, the GM in Calgary. I think he's going to get it um, just because they're having a good year. And the trade with Carolina was a good trade. And I think a lot of people voting on that award might be like, huh, who's the GM in Tampa right now? So that might that might hinder things. 
But those are my predictions. And if I uh, get them all right, then I will buy some pizza. I don't know. I'll celebrate myself. Nice. So anyway, and uh, the last brief thing before we get into lightning preview of the playoffs, I did want to mention briefly a quick story. Um, I was in Soho in Tampa the other day when I was back visiting. Uh, that's South Howard, for those who don't know. Basically, long story short, it's a, a hangout for college-age degenerates like myself. A lot of bars, a lot of places um, to drink and, and party and relax and enjoy the vices of life. And uh, I thought it was interesting. The reason I bring it up is because that was the day of the Boston game. They won in Boston. They flew back. They landed around 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, according to uh, to Twitter. And I was at some bar in, in Soho, and I was with my friend Matt, who's also a, a big lightning guy. And he grabs my shoulder and turn, you know, turns me around, points, and I was like, what? And some guy's just walking by us, and it's a crowded area, so like there's plenty of people walking by us. But he taps the guy on the shoulder, and I was like, who is this guy? Turns around, it's Tyler Johnson. And my friend Matt, you know, gives him a handshake, and, and you know, and Johnson's like, oh yeah, thank you, and just like keeps walking. I was like, huh, I wasn't expecting that today. Yeah, so it was cool. It was uh, Tyler Johnson, Eric Chernak, and, and Matthew Joseph just chilling, and it's good. They've earned it. They've definitely earned the right to, you know, and obviously they're they're also humans, so they've you know they can do what they want in their free time. But they earned a, a good Saturday night off to go and, and celebrate and enjoy the the fruits of their labor, which ends up being random women at a bar coming up to them and going, wait, are you that hockey player? Oh, my gosh. You look so familiar. I, I knew it. You play hockey, which was the case, I can tell you from experience. It was a lot of fun. Oh we really God. just sat back and watched for like five minutes as, as random people went up to them and, you know, tried to hit on them. It was great. It was a lot of fun. So you didn't my little. You didn't happen to mention the Jimmy Kimmel episode to Tyler Johnson, did you? I didn't really get a word in with Tyler Johnson. Oh, okay. It, so. I'd I was kind of just like actually do doing that. my own thing and then like looking out the corner of my eye every now and then just to see what was happening. And it was really interesting to watch. So, And by the way, Matthew Joseph was rocking an Andre Vasilevsky hat, so the team co-branding is in full swing. That's <laughs> funny. So, all right, let's 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 get into a, a brief look ahead um, on the – preview of the playoffs i you know we were thinking about doing a season recap but i i think that's kind of played out at this point to be honest um we can if you want chad but maybe just like a all right so let's just great (laughs) how did the team do they did really well yeah uh some players did well most players did well uh anyway so let's why don't we look at a playoff preview lightning taking on columbus in the first round you know a lot of projections have lightning winning and some of them winning with ease and this is a great team, one of the best in the salary cap era. But Columbus is not a pushover per se. They're a big question mark. This is a team I was a little bit concerned with if the Lightning had to face them just because you don't know what you're going to get. Is this the team in the regular season that the Lightning outscored 17-3 to in three games? Or is this the team that, now that they've hit the playoffs, Duchesne, Panarin, Bobrovsky, all these unrestricted free agents looking for big money are going to go off against Tampa to try to get that money? You know, is Bobrovsky finally going to have a good postseason like the Capitals last year finally had their good postseason run? You know, is Panarin going to be the difference maker? Is Columbus going to win their first ever playoff series? A lot of questions here. Um, It's definitely not a guaranteed series win for the Lightning. I'm a little nervous. I think the Lightning will win it, but I don't think it'll be easy. I would have rather faced Carolina and it would have been a much more open series. Um, I was listening to a little bit of a preview on the PDO cast, um, and they were talking about how 
Columbus likes to slow the game down. They were um, among the leaders in uh, tightening things up. So they're going to try to shrink the game. I think the quote was uh, the lightning are very good with East West passing and, you know, opening the ice up. Uh, I, I, think torts will have uh, them really focused the first few games. And what scares me though, is that you're going to have Panarin and, and Duchesne and the like, they're capable of finishing and they could turn a game that the lightning would normally win three or four to one into three to two. And then it comes down to luck in the end of the third period. Um, I don't, I don't feel really conf- well. I feel confident that the Lightning can win, but I think it's going to be difficult. And I really like what Columbus did. And if they are able to put it together and build off of how close they were last year, typically a young team comes in. They have to struggle. They have to lose before they win. And I think they did that part. But for the Lightning's sake, I hope that they just lose again. And, well, of course, that that latter point, of course, you know, hoping to hold out. But I will add something that I think Columbus does very well is they can play physical and they can get the body going on the forecheck to where, you know, I think heavy hockey is an overused term for playoffs. It really is. But, you know, if you're going to bump and grind a team the playoffs, you know, it's got to be the lightning. You got to find a way to do it and then have Brovsky kind of steal the show. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. But you're going to need guys like Kucherov point to step up i th- think sorelli could be a, a dark horse x factor i'm not going to say he's a dark horse um uh con Smythe trophy winner because he'd have to put up a lot of points for that i don't know if he'll be able to get enough ice time to do so but i think sorelli as that third line center shutdown role will play a big part in limiting that i, th- I really do think they'll put sorelli out there against duchene panarin um maybe they try point Kucherov and either Johnson or Gord, whoever's on that line. Um, and there's a good chance they will do that a lot. But I think they have just as much confidence in having Sorelli center a line that's going against the team's top or second top threat. Yep, I can definitely see that. And if they are able to do that, that means that one of the top two lines is going to get a favorable matchup the other way. And that's where they should be able to take advantage of some things. And the fourth line, if the Lightning's fourth line with Ernie there is able to pot a couple in this series, I think that'll be the difference. But uh, I've said all year, and I really think that if the Lightning get secondary scoring from uh, the Palats and Johnsons and Callahans and Millers of the world and Kalorn, those guys, if those guys show up, it's going to be really hard to beat them. But will they show up? So that's that's the thing that I like the most about the Lightning in this postseason is their improved depth over the last few years. And they had good teams the last few years. Don't don't forget, this was a team that was one game away from the Stanley Cup final uh, last year. Yes, they got shut out in Game 6 and Game 7. I get that. But they're a few bounces away from those scores being vastly different. Um, and a lot of people point to, oh, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov, you know, they didn't do anything in Game 6 and Game 7. Okay, they got shut out. So it's not just those two. It's the entire team. And the thing is with Stamkos and Kucherov, when you're Barry Trotz, you're the opposing coach or John Tortorella, whoever it might be, you are going to key in on the biggest threat. And last year with Kucherov and Stamkos on the same line, you keyed in on that line. Mm-hmm. Now 
you have Kucherov, Point, and either Johnson or Gore, whoever it is, on the top line. Stamkos with, you know, Palat and whoever on that second line. A third line of Sorelli and Kalorn and, you know, maybe Miller or Ernie, whoever it is, that can chip in and play very well defensively. And a fourth line that loves to hit, and they pot a few goals too. And, of course, the defensive def- uh, depth. You know, Ryan McDonough last year was good, but wasn't didn't really look comfortable last year relative to where he is now. And now he's playing very well and playing with Chernak, who's also playing very well. Their defensive depth is huge. Their depth all across the board is so good to where they're, four, they're a seventh and eighth defenseman right now based on practice, uh, morning skate from this morning is Coburn and Gauntz. And that's with Strawman out hurt. So they have nine guys that you could, in theory, throw in there and not feel terrible about. Now, obviously, you're not going to want Jan Ruda or or Cameron Gaunt or even Coburn or Girardi getting 25 minutes a night. But when you need them to be fifth or sixth defenseman and you have basically nine guys that you can throw in there and be like, okay, they can do enough and get the job done, that's incredible for a team that was starting Schuster last year. Yeah, absolutely. And that will help with the inevitable injuries that are going to happen. Uh, of they course. should be able to overcome those, but again, they're set up to do well. They're set up as well as any team has ever been going into the playoffs, but it's hockey and you just don't know. And that's what, you know, full circle back to uh, playoff hockey and how intense it is and how the, the unknown overwhelms fans. Yep. That's why we watch all right, so let's uh, let's get into the prospects while we still have some time here. Is there any updates on prospects, Chad, that you'd like to share? Um, not a whole lot. Fortier joined uh, Syracuse. Uh, Alexei Lipanov um, was with Orlando. Actually, finished with uh, he scored his first game. I think we were recording when I saw that, um, and then followed up with two assists in his last game. So he's a point per game player in the ECHL. Um, Connor Ingram had his first shutout. He now has an eight and two record over his 13 games. Uh, So three of those games, he either got pulled or only played partial amount. I think he got pulled in two of them, but the only prospects still going in the uh, CHL are the Ramuski brothers um, with Chalda and then um, Huntington they're 1-1 as we speak against uh, Cape Breton. Uh, Huntington's been doing really well. Um, yep. No, oh, an, an under-the-radar, late, weird-timed lightning signing of a prospect that people yeah. passed over doing well? We no. haven't seen that before. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, yeah, moving so on. Let's get into our two debates of the week, which I guess are mostly games. I don't know why I put debate, but that's what I have on my rundown, and that's what I'll say out loud. That's what I did. Uh, it's a numbers game. List a number, and the other person names the first hockey player that comes to mind. We've done it the last few weeks. I've had some fun with it. Uh, Chad, would you like to go first, or shall I? Sure, I will. Uh, 34. Oh, man, I'm blanking. 34. Nothing came to mind immediately. I have to think on that one. All right. Oh, boy. We'll take your time. Well, that's a goalie number is a thing. Is it? Well, it doesn't have to be. But it's usually – there's a 34 – I can't think – who's there's a 34 that's, like, in the back of my head. Is it Michael Gartig? It might have been Michael Gartig. Hold on. I'm pretty sure it's Michael Gartig. That's what I'm going to go with. Not even an NHL player. I don't even know who that is. I'll give you a hint. If it's not – yeah, it is 34. All right. Michael Gartig oh. is my pick. 
Is it a Quinnipiac guy? Yeah, it's a Quinnipiac guy. That's <laughs> I was like thirty. I don't know any thirty fours. Um, Michael Gartig was a goalie for Quinnipiac for a few years. Um, he now plays with I think it was it is he Newfoundland? Yeah, he's with Newfoundland uh, in the ECHL. Um, the homie too. I'm pretty sure that's correct. But uh, he yeah he's with the Newfoundland Growlers in the ECHL. Um, it was uh, signed by Vancouver out of out of Quinnipiac. He was. Uh, a starter for three years for the Bobcats, took them to the national championship game in 2015-2016, had a great year, was one of the finalists for best goal in the nation, and uh, then then it all went downhill in, in the game. It was not pretty. He pulled a uh, Ben Bishop-Victor Hedman collision, um, but not without the collision. He came out of the net against, it was against North Dakota in the championship game in Tampa, in Emily Arena. I was there. It was terrible. Um, came out of the net to play a puck, passed it right to... Um, a player for North Dakota who had a wide open net and they just tapped it in. It was, it was, it was bad. It was not great, but he was a lot of fun to watch when I was at Quinnipiac. And the best part was the play by play guy for Quinnipiac would always do this. He, Gartig would make a save and just like Boston fans go took after any save, even if it's just routine, the play by play guy for Quinnipiac would always go save by Gartig, like really excited. It was hilarious. We used to make fun of that all the time. So that's my 34. Long-winded answer, right. but is there can a 34 name, that – can I name a 34 in the NHL? <laughs> can you name a 34 who played for the Lightning? There's been five. Do you have the Lightning like number list up right now? Maybe. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> um, if you give me a second to look up the, the, the no. website that you're on. No worries. Uh, oh, 34. Yeah, five players have done it. Oh, JT Wyman was the last one. Wow. Ryan Craig was 34. Yep. Okay. Ryan Craig was probably would probably be who I would have thought of. All right. I forgot. I would have gone with I would have gone with Mikhail Anderson, but that was before you were born. Somewhat, not completely. All right. Gordy Dwyer, uh, coming out of the penalty box to push a ref, could have gone with him. All right. You can't you can't use the website because it's. I'm not. I'm not. But but when I I said (laughs) I I was walking around my room here and I saw the number 34, I'm like, I'll go with that one. And then I'm like, wait, who's worn 34? I think it was Mikhail Anderson. Was it? Was it? And I had to look it up. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. So this this number comes because I like to use lightning players and hockey players in general when I come across streets that I forget or uh, highways I forget. So um, at Quinnipiac, there's, you know, there's the 91 which I was always like, oh, Stephen Stamkos. And I actually got to like live there a little bit and became familiar with me. Um, but there's, I was like, oh, yeah, I have a name for everything up there. Yeah, 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 sure. And then I remembered there's a street that I didn't have one for. There's a little section of highway that's like half a mile, and that's the 40. And I, don't have, and I, I thought about it, and I was like, I don't know anyone with 40. So that's my number for you, Chad. Dustin Tokarski. I had a feeling. I had a feeling of Dustin Tokarski. I love that guy. Even when uh, Lightning drafted him and he had that season with Spokane, uh, Tyler Johnson was on that team, uh, went all the way through the Memorial Cup, won it. Uh, they dropped the trophy. I think they broke the trophy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, loved Dustin Tech. Shocker, I know, but that happened at Quinnipiac, too. They, uh, <laughs> they, won, they won the conference regular season championship, got the trophy. And uh, my good friend Soren Janssen is the captain of the, the team at the time. Um, he was holding it. And Gartig, actually. So there you go, making a full circle. He was on, they were taking the picture on the ice. And so he was getting pulled up off the ice by his teammates, you know, because he was laying down like a goalie does. And his skates hit the back of uh, Janssen, Soren Janssen's legs, and he fell and he cut his eye on the cup. It was great because I was waiting for him after the game. Um, he came 
came out and there's just this big black eye, big cut. And I was like, what happened? Because I didn't see it at the time. And it was all over Twitter. It was great. So sorry, Soren, if you're listening. I know it's an embarrassing story, but it was hilarious. And you guys had a fun season that year. So always a good time. So Tukarski's not alone. <laughs> nice. By the way, for the record, according to this website that we've been using to cheat, but not not really cheat, but kind of cheat, hockey reference. Um, I didn't use it. I didn't use it with Tukarski. No, I'm using it right now because I'm, I'm cheating oh. right now. Um, but yeah, so Vinny Prospel wore that in 2008, apparently, because Vinny yeah. Prospel wore 20 for a majority of his, his career right. with the light, but for some reason he wore 40. All right, let's, uh, let's briefly get into draft season. Remember from last week, draft season, every per each person gets three picks to select a certain thing. We'll go back and forth on a certain topic, that topic this week, best lightning playoff performers of all time for the first two picks. And then one from this year that you think will randomly go off. These have to be random playoff performers. There's no Brad Richards. There's no LeCaviers or St. Louis or Stamkos or Kucherovs. These are just guys who randomly did really well in the postseason. Chad, I will let you pick first. Okay. My first pick, I'm going to go with Jeff Reese. Jeff Reese. Interesting. Who filled in for an injured Darren Poopa um, in the 96 uh, playoffs, their first playoff uh, series ever in their history, and he ended up winning – I think he won games. I know he won game three. I'm not sure if he won game two. I can't remember when Poopa got hurt, but he won that overtime game uh, that Selivanov won and uh, with a big performance. So Jeffries. I'm going to go with Sean Bergenheim. Oh, who randomly had an incredible postseason back in, what was it 2010, 2011 with the uh, lightning when they came back from down three to one against the penguins in the first round I don't remember who they played the second round, to be completely honest, but I remember they played the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final, lost in Game 7. But Sean Bergenheim had a wildly good postseason for some reason. And, uh, yeah, that's my pick. I'm going to go Sean Bergenheim. All right. For my second pick, I'm going to go with a line because um, I can't pick just one of them. And the fourth <laughs> line on the 4 team with Chris Dingman, Martin Stieback, and Dmitry Fenisenkov on the right side. They were out there on the uh, with about a minute to go. And what I was, if I had to pick this one, I'd pick um, Fenisenkov just because he was drafted uh, out of the queue and he was called a, an NHLer from the blue line in, and he was supposed to be this next scoring guy if they could just teach him defense. Well, they couldn't. And then it was like, well, he's going into his final year. He's just going to play it out, and then he's going to be gone. But he shows up to camp, and he's the defensive wizard, not even interested in scoring anymore. And he ends up being an integral part of the, of the 04 Cup team. All right. That's, a, that's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all. Uh, this one, I guess, maybe doesn't count as under the radar, but I'm using it anyway just because on a team where – Everyone was so big name, he kind of got under the radar. Ruslan Fedotenko. Yeah. So I understand that's not completely random, and he was expected to score, but he had the two biggest goals in Lightning franchise history. Game yep. 7 in June 04 against the Flames. Two big goals. One set up beautifully by LeCavier, mm -hmm. uh, which I'll never forget that goal. But, yeah, I'll go Fedotenko. I've got Bergenheim. i got Fedotenko. I'm excited about this team. And not only about uh, – yeah, no kidding. He, like, torched Philly in that series – or in the Eastern Conference Finals, too, I think. And then yes, – Yes, he did. I remember that. He's the one that got his um, 
face just destroyed along the uh, the dasher by who was it with the flames? Craig Conroy. I can't remember who it was, but his face was just messed up. And then he comes back to score the two goals. By the way, Good he stuff. was a through and through goal scorer that year for the Lightning uh, in the playoffs. Twenty two games, twelve goals. Only had fourteen points total. He only had two other. He had only had two assists, but he had twelve goals. So. Good, good play. He only had thir- he only had 17 goals. He had 17 goals during 77 regular season games and 12 during the playoffs. So you know what? That fits the random thing. I'm taking yep. it. Thank you for the tank All right. Man. So now your current player that you think yeah. will be for this year that will step up that no one is really thinking of. Yes. Um. Well, you kind of stole my thunder on it already, but uh, Anthony Sorelli. Um. Even though he doesn't get power play time, and I'm not really pushing for that right now, but I think you're going to see a passing of the torch with uh, Callahan kind of handing that off to Sorelli being the PK stud um, going with grit. Plus Sorelli has been clutch his whole life, scores Memorial Cup winner, was excellent in the playoffs last year with uh, Erie last year, year before. I don't know, whenever. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Sorelli, even though you already said it. (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to go with the guy that I feel like will get a lot of those dirty playoff goals because his office is within five feet of the net, Yanni Gord. I hope so. I think because he's lined up right now with Kucherov and Point on that top line, and that might not stay, but that's where he's lined up right now with those producers with him and because he loves to be in front of the net, get those rebounds, you know, those little tip-ins, whatever he's got to do. Um you know, he only has two deflection goals per se, um, and he has three tipping goals. I'm looking at the stats right now, but that's five goals right there. And that's a guy that, like it or not, that's where his area of operation is. He goes within five feet of the net and he scores. And I know he already got paid, so one could say this isn't going to be true, but the hockey gods kind of owe him <laughs> after that puck bounced over his stick in the Washington series last year. And people forget Wide he had a net. good season last year, too. So, um, also, while I'm on this page, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, Kucherov had zero deflected shots this year, apparently. Well, he shouldn't win MVP then. Yeah. Stamkos didn't either. It's also weird. Hedman had one. <laughs> weird. <laughs> of anyway, course he did. Just random Hedman fact. All right. So, those are our those are our random lighting player performers. I'd love to hear from you guys, your thoughts, and who you'd pick. Feel free to tweet at us anytime. Um, we will go rapid fire as we pretend to do every time with this Q and a very, very briefly, Scott black asks two questions. We forgot to put out the tweet that, to ask for questions. So this is very short. Uh, how did you get into the lightning? Uh, he thought that we were from Chicago and Kansas respectively. I am from Tampa. Um, I was, I've been there since I was five years old. So I moved there and I lived there until I went to college. I'm currently still in college at grad school in Chicago. Um, so that's how I've got into covering and watching the lightning. That's my little thing. I did my high school years in Bradenton and then went off to college and never really moved back. Hey guys, Andrew here, post recording. I uh, just want to let you know that the audio cut out for about a minute and a half right here at the very end. Uh, just so you guys understand what we're talking about. Someone asked, uh, what are your least favorite commercials uh, that you have to watch because of NHL TV? It's the same three commercials. And so this is us talking about that. So that's why I'm talking and not hearing the podcast people, me and Chad talking, because audio recording is so much fun in today's technology. So back to the podcast. 
These guys were so boring, and it just kills me every time. So uncomfortable. The one I miss the most is the bloody knees guy um, with the kindness. Pass it on. It was on like four or five years ago. Um, who's finishing the marathon and everyone else is left and the guy's knees are bloody. Like, what were you doing on your knees, buddy? Um, but the one right now is one of the jewelry, one of the 16 jewelry commercials. Ackerman. Where, yeah, where they, yes, that's it. That's the one. This is going to be your someday. Mine, mommy? And you know she's going to steal that in the middle of the night and pawn it. <laughs> <laughs> the pessimism oh it's beautiful that is the best way for us to end this podcast that is easily the best way um let the record show we do not advocate for children stealing things we just like to laugh when it happens um on that note chad any final thoughts before we sign off no let's get this playoff season started i don't know what i'm going to do for the playoff counter i did the kitten basket last year i don't know what to do this you year. can do my beautiful face chad well um okay i'm looking for any kind of idea here at all so 16 yc bolt breakdowns faces you can just get oh. me eating me eating auntie ann's i'll send you a beautiful picture of me eating nice. auntie ann's and you can just use that 16 right. cups of auntie ann pretzels <laughs> maybe they'll sponsor you too <laughs> i like saying that they sponsor me even though they definitely didn't they just sent me like one letter saying thank you for they sent me like two coupons like like thank you for your you know love of auntie Anne's. and i was like oh yeah they sponsored me they did not they sent me a coupon but it's still fun um on that note if you have any ideas for chad if you're still listening to this Please. podcast an hour and 20 minutes whatever it is into this podcast Jeez. send him send him your ideas on that note thank you very much as always for listening we appreciate each and every one of you for Chad Schnarr, I'm Andrew Weiss. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy the playoffs and make sure to take your heart medication because you will need it uh, for playoff hockey. Thanks again, folks. Have a good one, everybody.